If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I want to make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pull back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3x increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from $8,000 per month, for example, to $20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Minches, and I'm really excited to dive into today's show because I have Justin Sachs here, and he is the CEO and founder of Motivational Press, who's my publisher for The Belief Zone. So I just want to say first hello to Justin, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful to be with you. It's going to be fun today because I have a lot of people ask me about the publishing world and what's going on. I'm excited for you to tell us more about that. But first, let me tell all of you, our listeners, about Justin. He has a Ph.D., He's a highly acclaimed business and marketing expert who has educated and inspired over 22 million business leaders worldwide on how to more powerfully connect with their target market reach their prospects, create marketing systems, and increase their customer and brand loyalty. Having been acknowledged by U.S. presidents, congressmen, and world-renowned business leaders, strategic consulting is called on by some of the world's leading corporations and brands. Justin has written eight best-selling books on business, marketing, and leadership. He has been featured in hundreds of media outlets throughout the world, including Forbes, Inc. Magazine, Amex Open Forum, CBS Radio, MSNBC, CNBC, Fox News, ABC, HuffPost, Yahoo Finance, and on and on. He also holds a PhD in business management from Canterbury University and a master's in organizational leadership and development. And Justin is also an industry leader in the publishing world, and he founded Motivational Press, which was recognized in 2014 and 2016 on the Inc. 500 list as one of the fastest growing companies in North America, which is phenomenal. So, you can tell I'm excited to interview Justin today. And I love being one of your authors through Motivational Press. So thank you. That's been a phenomenal experience. But first, Justin, I want to hear your story. You know, on this show, we talk a lot about entrepreneurship and growing businesses and sales. Go back to the beginning. What led you to launching Motivational Press and taking you to the point where you are today? Well, for me, the, the biggest thing was figuring out how to support authors to really capitalize and build their overall growth, their overall success. And what happened for me, I mean, it was 11 years ago now, and we were in a place where I was launching my first book. It was at a time in the publishing industry where self-publishing was becoming more and more prevalent, but there wasn't a lot of clarity around how to navigate 
print-on-demand versus printing in quantity versus having access to distribution or just going straight to Amazon. There were so many different pieces to that puzzle that had to be figured out, and that was where Motivational Press carved its first niche, you could say, in really clarifying and identifying exactly who we wanted to be within the the scope and, and confines of the publishing world. And so for us, that was one of the first pieces that helped us drive our opportunity into the market and helped us clarify our mission. Excellent. Thank you. So you saw a problem to be solved and you jumped on it. And for you, Justin, back in the beginning, did you have any limiting beliefs about sales, about selling, about entrepreneurship? Did anything come up for you that kind of got in your way in the beginning? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> so many different things. It would be hard for me to pick one. See, um, but that's you know, what always shocks us on this show. Is we, hear, we have these amazing, successful people like you, and we always think, oh, they just, you know, it's easy for them. So tell us. We want to hear it. No, look, I, I mean, look, every question you could come up with, you know, first, look, I was pretty young when I started my company. I was, you know, under 20. And so when I started my company, my first question was, who the hell is going to work with me? I mean, Really, why would someone want to publish their book with someone as young as I was? And the first thing I had to realize was, look, the publishing industry is changing and what worked before isn't working now. And so uh, a lot of times your uniqueness is simply in how you differentiate yourself with with everyone else. And so for me, that was one of the first things is realizing, okay, what what am I going to do to position myself uniquely and to give myself enough credibility to really be heard in the market? So one of the first things we did was, push my first book that I published under my company, Motivational Press, to the bestsellers list. And once we did that, that was what really opened up a lot of doors with new authors. And then we took our next five and each one of them hit the bestsellers list. And then we had 100% bestsellers rating and we were able to get so many new opportunities simply in that. And so we went from doing five titles a year to 15 titles a year to 25 titles a year, all because we answered the simple question of who were we to be in the niche we were in? Who were we to be credible in our place today? And I think that's a, a critical question everyone has to answer. Yeah, and to overcome that concern, that limiting belief, but you did it and you kept going and you started to see the success. So was there a moment when you had a big month or a big quarter, you doubled your sales for the first time, or you just had a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. The money's coming in, it's going really well. And if so, what did you believe about sales and selling then? Oh, gosh. I mean, I remember at the end of my first speaking engagement, and, and I sold, gosh, it was, let's see, it was maybe fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000, something like that. And I thought I was on top of the world because, to me, that was, you know, six months of sales in, in the beginning of our business, <laughs> right? And we were on cloud nine, thought, oh, it couldn't get any better than this. And then we did 50000 in a weekend, and then we did 100000 in a weekend, and, you know, the rest is history, so to speak. But ultimately opened up so many doors for us to clarify market positioning. And, to, you know, they say that you are you have to get clear on your elevator pitch, and, you know, people throw that out the window like it's, you know, just uh, sales talk or not that important. I can tell you it is one of the most important things you could ever do. You know, whether you call it your elevator pitch or your unique uh, product messaging or whatever you call it, for us it was the big game changer that made a measurable, measurable difference for us. So if you wouldn't mind sharing, like what, what did you shift where, like what did you think your company was about or what was your elevator speech in the beginning compared to where it is today? Because I think what people don't realize is that evolves over time. It's okay for it to shift. It has to shift. Yeah, I, I think it, it has to shift, right? And, and the reason I say that is because when you start, you're, you're creating credibility out of thin air. And I, I say that because you haven't done anything except 
maybe you've done something for yourself or you've been in business or what have you, but starting out, you've got to pull credibility out of thin air and, and convince people to work with you. So I actually believe that when you're first starting, sales is the hardest. And once you get your first sale, it becomes a little easier. Your second sale, a little easier. And by the time you've sold 10 things, all of a sudden you're figuring out that sales is that much more simple. And now what I encourage my clients to do, what we do at Motivational Press, is we start to create some statistics around our success, right? And so if we have 10 people and eight of them have become successful, we have an 80% success rate at whatever that thing is. And now we're able to tell our prospects, you know, so every time we grow and every time we serve our clients, we're adapting and changing our overall pitch, our overall success, our overall strategies in order to make sure that we are providing as much clarity, as much definition, and as much power in our messaging as possible. Oh, so, so important. And so there, you know, I'm curious, Justin, you, you know, you're obviously, you've been in the industry for a while. The industry has changed so much. I mean, I've, you know, I haven't been in it very long, you know, maybe a decade, which some people probably sounds like a long time, but in the history of publishing, not. But I feel like in the last 10 years, so much has changed. I feel like there's a lot of limiting beliefs about publishing out there. There's limiting beliefs about being an author. What are the limiting beliefs that you still see out there? Or what bugs you about things that you hear in the industry that aren't true? What have you learned over the years? Well, look, one of the biggest things is is that publishing now is too competitive and there's no way to do it successfully. That's really important uh, challenge that we get a lot is, you know, I don't I don't want to be an author anymore because to be an author, I'm just, you know, amongst the million authors that, that publish every year. And you're right, however, done successfully, done tactfully, a book can create immeasurable opportunities for you in the media, in your credibility, in your sales. You know, We teach our authors very specifically how to use the book to build their brand, build their business, build their speaking platform, and ultimately sell their brands and their businesses at a high level. And that's one of the most important things you know that a book can open up doors for. But it's important when you just get started to really be explicitly clear about the how and the why of that, meaning don't just say you're going to write a book because you want to write a book. Write a book because it has purpose for you and your brand and your business and your marketing. It has a clarified purpose before you even sit down to put pen to paper. And that's one of the most important things that makes a really substantial difference for our clients. And then the other thing is I hear a lot of authors tell me now that, oh, self-publishing is the way to go. You have to self-publish your book. And I could not disagree more from two really important standpoints. The other day I was talking to a client, I compared it to lip balm. And I said, look, you make the best lip balm in the world. but And you're going to go and you're going to sell that lip balm directly to your customer. You're going to go on to Amazon. You're going to list that lip balm. And you're going to send all your friends, your customers, all your clients. They're going to go to Amazon. They're going to buy that lip balm. And maybe you have it listed on your website. And maybe you go to events and maybe you sell that lip balm. And that's all fine. But at some point in the growth of your business, you're going to realize that for you to sell a million lip balms a year, you're going to have to go to a retail channel, a distributor, a an outlet that is going to help you reach the masses much more so than you could ever directly. And whether that's QVC or whether that's Walmart or Target or whatever that chain is or a combination of them, that's what a publisher brings you in the book business. So yes, you could probably sell a 1,000 copies or even 10,000 copies self-published by directing people one by one or even via an email list on Amazon. But at some point in that process to reach the masses and to really be successful, you're going to need Target, Walmart, and whatever that other brick-and-mortar channel is 
the equivalent of that in the big business is Barnes & Noble, all of the independent bookstores, Books a Million, Chapters in Canada, all of the major retailers that really for an author's success make up about 40 to 60% of sales still today. Wow. It's hard to argue with that, Justin. <laughs> so many authors, right? They think, oh, I'm just going to go sell it on Amazon, which is okay, except that you're losing about 50% of sales if you do it with a publisher that knows how to get access to those channels. Now, one of the biggest challenges is in today's market, there's a lot of publishers that list the book with a distributor, but they don't actually have a sales force to sell it to that retail channel. And that's a big challenge for a lot of authors today is you have to make sure you have that support to actually sell it into the retail channels, not just to list the book with the distributor amongst the million other books every year and pray for success, right? Because it's a prescription for failure to just list it somewhere and hope someone finds it. Imagine listing your book on Amazon right. amongst yeah. 11 million books and saying, oh, I hope someone will find it. No one's going to find it. I can guarantee you that. We've done it. It doesn't work. Right. So, well, that I think it's such a great perspective because there is that belief out there, or it's just easier to self-publish. I mean, I can say working with, you know, I've self-published, I've published with publishers, I've published, and then I published with Motivational Press. And as a, you know, traditional publisher, one of the things that I found in working with you, Justin, and your team is, one, you're very responsive. Two, you guys gave me a lot of creative leeway. You didn't, you know, I've heard so many horror stories of, oh, yeah, I started working with this publisher, and they changed everything in my book. They didn't agree with the book cover, and I felt like we were really working as a team, as a partnership, and I think that's kind of unusual. Is I mean, I'm guessing that's something you do on purpose, but do you want to talk about what, like, how you've come to that point, or is that part of your philosophy in publishing? I believe two major things, right? One is that in, in no one is going to better explain your story than you. No one is going to better communicate your message than you. Now, one of the challenges is we have to get you to a place where you can most powerfully share your message. But I don't claim that my $25 or $30 an hour marketing executive can possibly do a better job of positioning you than you can. Now, that's where we differ from the major publishers who believe that their marketing team has a better pulse on their buyer than you do. Now, I will say that we do run tests on our titles and tests on our cover, and we actually put it in front of anywhere between 100 and 1,000 prospective buyers to find out what the buyer actually wants. And that's our belief is not that I'm going to tell you what to put in your book, but I'm going to test it with your, with your target audience and find out if you're right or wrong. And most often, our authors tend to be right. But I would rather test it and have the evidence to tell you, look, the cover's not quite right, we've got to change it, or the title's not quite right, we've got to fix it, than to you know, just shoot in the dark and say, well, my marketing executive says, well, probably you need to change the title and change the table of contents and add this story. How do they know, truthfully, right? So ultimately, that's our belief, is that no one is going to be more effective than you at sharing your message. And so we're we're very careful that... Our authors should be in the best position possible to provide their own content on that level. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. And so, Justin, you know, you've growing, you've grown a successful publishing company at a time when people said you couldn't make money in it, and there are all these limiting beliefs around it. But what, looking back, what are the top two strategies that to grow your company to where it is today? Okay, so number one is speaking engagements and being present at events. So whether I'm speaking or not, showing up. It was one of the most important things for me because I connected with a ton of referral partners. I, I met a lot of customers, but I, I think even more so than the customers we sold directly at events, we probably made 
at least twice, if not three or four times as much money with the referral partners we develop relationships with. You know, they say today business is done online, and I believe that more business is done by dollar face-to-face than than is done online, at least in my business. And what I've seen is, yes, I can get one referral, maybe even two, through a relationship I build online, but I'm going to get 10, 15, 20 referrals from a relationship I build face-to-face, sitting next to someone and actually having an in-depth conversation, getting to know someone. And so for me, that's one of the most important strategies for building my business, was those relationships drove hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably millions of dollars in revenue over the past you know, five years. The other thing I would say is kind of the flip side to that same coin is we have developed huge relationships using social media, specifically LinkedIn. Now, we build relationships directly on LinkedIn. We go and find our prospect. We do direct marketing to our contacts on LinkedIn in order to build those relationships effectively. That is what we firmly believe is the most effective way to build your brand, not just put up a profile and wait and hope. Right. There's plenty of people who do that, and what happens is a lot of times they're waiting for years. I have a client right now who's been spending the past eight years waiting for people to come on LinkedIn, and they read his blogs, and they sure, they do by the thousands. But what they don't is contact him for speaking, for consulting, for coaching, and that's where we've we've shifted his strategy to be aggressive, to go after those contacts. Sales in today's market has to be aggressive because everybody is selling. And so if you're not out there, and I don't mean aggressive like you're you know, the used car salesman. That's not what I mean. I mean aggressive like you want the sale and you're going to go get it. I mean aggressive like you're going to follow up. You're going to be the guy that gets on the phone and follows up with them. You're going to be the guy that emails them. You're going to be the guy that shows up at their door, the gal, of course, that shows up at their door and says, look, I'm ready for this deal. I'm going to be the one to serve you best. Let's make it happen. That's who gets the deals in today's market. And so that's what we've found to be most successful with our clients as well. So, Justin, you talked about events, like, in, you know, whether you're speaking at them, which is great because you're in front of a lot of people, or you're just showing up. Because you and I both know that, and I know a lot of people listening know that a lot of the great opportunities, they don't happen at the front of the room when you're speaking. They happen at the back of the room when you're talking to the event producer. They happen when you happen to talk to one of the sponsors or someone who's a vendor there, and all of a sudden this relationship opens up. So I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, how you develop relationships at events and then also which events do you go to because I think people can get they can go to everything and it's not effective right so any advice you have there would be great as well it's a fantastic question because what I have found is twofold first I go to events where my target audience is sitting in the room I go to events where the guy on stage is speaking to the same people I want to speak to and I go to events where the marketing matches who I want to market to So said differently, I love going to events to focus on coaches, speakers, and trainers because those are the core group of speakers and people that we want to publish. I love going to events where they're going to market. And this is where a lot of people, I think, mess up. It's a great question because a lot of people in, in my industry specifically would tell you, go to the Book Expo of America and go network. I couldn't disagree more because the Book Expo of America, it's the biggest book event a year. It's not designed for authors. It's designed for publishers, distributors, and book buyers to network together and to build relationships. But if you're an author going to try to sell your book at the Book Expo, it's not that one hasn't or two hasn't, but in general, you're going to have less success selling your book and networking in that capacity. You're going to have far more success going to an event full of speakers or an event full of coaches and building relationships with people that can refer you business or building relationships with people that can help you promote or building relationships where you have a unique 
offering in that environment. The other thing I always suggest to my clients, and this is a really important one, is I very much believe in building relationships with people that have complementary products and services, with an E, not an I. Complementary, meaning that if I sell book publishing or I sell books on behalf of my clients, then I need to find all of the PR people that work with potential authors so that they can send me business. I need to find all of the speaking coaches that work with prospective speakers who also need books. I need to find all of the educational leaders in various institutions because their professors are writing books. And, and by the way, one of the best ways to sell books is to sell them to students in schools because they become a recurring sale over and over and over again. And so I, that's where I look for relationships. That's where I look for event attendees. I find people that are complementary to me that will either refer me business or who are my direct clients. Makes sense. I can tell, I know people are going to want to listen to this show again and we're going to take a lot of notes. In fact, we were just looking at our statistics recently and we have a 114% or something consumption rate. And I was like, well, what is, how is that possible? Oh, people go back and listen. And I know this is going to be one of those, Justin. So thank you, thank you for those tips because, you know, for, for anyone, no matter what business they're in, they can follow that. You know, let's talk about social media for a minute because I think there's a lot of myths about that. So you're talking about LinkedIn. Now, I think you already gave us a little bit of a hint about the, your target client. But how does one, like, are you actually, is someone on your team making connections? Are you saying to someone, look, I see what you're up to. I'd love for you to be one of our authors. Like, how do you navigate LinkedIn and building relationships? Yeah, so first, when it started, it was just me. I did the work. And we've grown to be able to, in essence, systemize that. So I have a LinkedIn manager, and that's what they do. They sit on my profile and my executive profile, and they go and they contact all of the various authors, speakers, and coaches that we're connected to. And we follow up with them on a pretty regular basis on LinkedIn to make sure that we're present in their lives and that we know what's going on in the market. It's very important that we're present and aware of what's happening. And so we're going to do that on a consistent basis. And what we do is we first send the connection request to people that are our second-level connections. So that means we have one person in common that we both know. And that helps us to bridge the gap and build an initial relationship with them. And then what will happen is we will reach out to them via a direct message on LinkedIn and we'll say, hey, I hope you're doing well. I know you're up to some cool things. I just wanted you to be aware of who I am, what I'm up to, if there's something I can do to support you. And it is amazing how many people will respond to that message and say, I have a book or I have an event or I have this or I have that, and we'll do what we can to support them in that process, whether that be publishing them, whether that be referring them to someone who might be a good speaker for them or what have you. And so we're, we're active in that environment, and we believe very firmly that it's important to be present in that environment to be most successful. Got it. Thank you. Not, I mean, what a great tip for those of us who, as you get busier, we're, we're in the same boat and you just, you need that support. You need people to manage those things for you or just assist you with it. But so much is happening on LinkedIn. In fact, we've taken, we're doing a lot more there as well. And so I'm, we're almost out of time. I could talk to you all day, Justin. I'm curious. We have a lot of authors who might be listening. Maybe they're self-published or maybe they've published with somebody else and it hasn't gone the way they'd hoped. So I want to start just by having you talk a little bit about, you know, what are your top book marketing tips? Anything that you could share for someone who's struggling out there? And you've touched on this a little bit. And then at the end, I'd love for you to share, you know, for those people who are listening, even if they've already self-published or they're looking at, you know, writing their first book and they really fit your market, how they can get in touch with you. Sure. So the first question is the marketing tips for, yes. for authors. There's, I'll try and narrow it down to three major things. And with the first caveat being that any book marketing you do 
should be three things or less and you focus all in on those efforts. So I firmly believe that you don't want to do 15 different book marketing initiatives and try and make all of them successful, at least not all at once. So if you're going to go after the media and you're going to try and get radio, television, and print media interviews, let that be one of the two or three things. That's it. Don't try and do that with social media, with live events, with this, with that. You want to stay focused. The, uh, so the three things that we see authors selling the most books with. First is speaking engagements. When you speak, you're going to sell books. Naturally, it happens much more effectively on a percent basis than anywhere else. The second area uh, for authors looking to sell books is uh, predominantly going to be in going to other networking events and being present in your local community, whether that be aligning with local nonprofit organization, participating in faith-based organizations, participating in your local BNI, participating in your local chamber of commerce. The more active you are in your local community, the more you will find opportunities to sell the book. And by the way, the reason that that's important is because when you do your next book launch, you want to actually have people show up in your local community, do a launch party, and everybody buys a book, and that's your first 300 books sold right there. When you sell those 300 books, what happens is on our end, behind the scenes at, at the publisher, we're able to then significantly increase the results that we get because we pre-sold those copies. So when we pre-sell two to 300 books, our retail sales team is going to exponentially increase by about 60% the number of results that we're able to create in the physical retail stores because the retail buyers are going to say, look, that book is successful. And so because that book's already successful in pre-sale, they're more likely to bring it into their stores, and that makes a measurable difference. So the first one was speaking engagements. The second one was being active in your local community. The third one, and I think this is important for anyone, is to really stay consistent with social and content marketing. And I believe that anything you do, you must do consistently, and especially on the Internet today. If you're going to post once every two, three months a, a blog post and once every month social media, you might as well throw it away and just say, that's not one of my three. And that's okay if it's not one of your three. But if it's going to be, if online and social media is going to be one of your three, you need to be actively adding content to your website on a weekly or monthly basis, preferably weekly, and you need to be adding social media posts to engage your audience. And they can't be sales content all the time. It has to integrate valuable content that people want to pay attention to. So those are my three now things that I would say are most important. And again, the more successful you are with those three, you want to be communicating that back to your publishers so that they can use that to better sell, sell you over time. Excellent. Speaking, being involved in your local community, and then staying consistent in your messaging online. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. So I know we have people who, again, might be listening who maybe are already self-published or you know, just looking for other options. Tell us a little bit more about your perfect author and how someone might get in touch with you, Justin. Yeah, so we're looking for thought leaders in the nonfiction space. We don't publish fiction. And people ask me all the time, why not? I say, because I don't know how to market vampires. And so <laughs> for, for me, that's my restriction, I suppose, is that we, we work specifically with nonfiction authors, thought leaders in their space, looking to build their brands and looking to better establish themselves in their market. For most of our authors, that means that they're looking for retail distribution. They're looking for a sales team to support them in actually selling their book to the retail channels. And they're looking for marketing support to help them actually position themselves with a pre-sale campaign, a live launch campaign, and a follow-up marketing campaign to get their books sold. And so that's most authors today because most publishers are doing an ineffective job at that. I will say to you, though, that someone who comes to us with no social media platform, no speaking experience, they're starting day one, 
they probably should start day one with going and getting speaking engagements and getting social media presence rather than starting day one with writing a book because the social media platform and the speaking engagements are going to add immeasurable credibility and a measurable difference to our success when we go to sell you and sell your book. We certainly can publish first-time authors, but when we publish first-time authors, the number of sales that they get is going to be far less than those who have an established platform. Got it. So, Justin, how would we reach out to you? What's the best way to get in touch, or how do your submissions work? Yep, motivationalpress.com has all of that information. Motivationalpress.com will have a submissions page on the top. You can submit your book directly. We don't require that you have an agent, though we certainly work with them if you do, and we can go through the submissions and qualification process. Perfect. Justin, thank you so much for being here, for sharing all your wisdom, and for supporting me and so many other authors. We really appreciate you. It was a pleasure. It was uh, great to be with you, and I, uh, I hope it supports your, your community. I know it will. And I want to thank our listeners all over the world. I know you're listening from more than 50 countries, and we're grateful for you. If there's anything we can do for you, you can email me directly at Ursula, U-R-S-U-L-A, at salescoachnow.com. If you haven't gotten our free gift yet, definitely go over there. It's at salescoachnow.com. It's the Authentic Sales Formula, an entrepreneur's guide to serving more clients without being pushy or salesy. It's free. It's a $497 value. Our clients who've listened to it have just given us phenomenal feedback, so we hope it gives you that extra inspiration and motivation to keep selling and take your business to the next level. Also, if you're looking for a speaker, I'd love to come and speak at your next event, or if you have a sales training event for your team coming up, I'd love to come out and support you with that. You can email my team at contact at salescoachnow.com to learn more. Thanks, everyone, and make this your most epic week yet. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now.